Uh, good afternoon, everybody. It's the 11th of February, 2019, Valentine's Day. Don't forget, coming up this Thursday, welcome to Weber This Week. Today, Melissa Taylor is with us in the studio. She is the Director of Emergency Management for Seneca County. She's been on some time ago. We're glad to have her back. Welcome to Weber This Week. Well, a pleasant good afternoon, everybody. It's a little chilly. It's kind of getting revved up for some snow, and uh, I think the latest forecast is anywhere from 5 to 8 inches. They're supposed to start getting tomorrow. They're going to be a little sleet, a little freezing rain, I guess, late afternoon. Then it's supposed to turn over just to rain maybe tomorrow night, so it's not a big deal compared to what we face. I was just telling Melissa off mic that we dealt with, what, 16 inches? That was a pain. This, I think, is manageable. So, Hang in there. It's going to be just a one-day event, let's hope, and uh, we'll get through it. Well, you know, a person that I've always admired her work and her uh, style as Melissa Taylor has joined us today on the Weber Show. Uh, she, of course, is the Director of Emergency Management. Without further ado, uh, Melissa, thanks for uh, carving out some time for us today. Thanks for having me. I certainly uh, wanted to have you come on the show, and uh, we were just talking about our buddy Mitch Rowe, so maybe Mitch will check us out later on this <laughs> afternoon. Uh Melissa, for the folks that may not know you, I know a lot of people in the area do know you. Uh, you were uh, had this title some time ago. You left uh, Waterloo, you left the area, went to Texas, and then uh, they decided, the board decided they needed uh, you to come back, and they voted, I believe, it was 13 nothing to have you come back. You agreed to come back, and uh, uh, I, for one, was happy to hear about that, and uh, I'm, I'm sure you were happy to come back to the town at Seneca Falls in Waterloo area. Oh, absolutely. You know, my my family's from here, and I've got some really great partnerships, so it's good to be back. uh, Talk a little bit about, for the folks that may not know you, give us a little background about yourself and where you were born, where you went to school, and how you ended up originally in Waterloo doing what you do. Sure. So um, I grew up in Lyons, New York. Hey, that's Um, where I was born. Yep. My my family lives there. My father actually owns Herman Brothers there in Lyons. Okay. Yep, yep. So graduated there in Lyons. and then ended up joining the Air Force and spent time um, in Biloxi, Mississippi, a little bit in Texas, overseas, um, in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. Mm. And then I came back to this area um, after I got out of the Air Force and I took a position in 2008 um, as the Deputy Director of Emergency Management here. So I was an emergency manager in the military as well. Mm. So. so that's kind of... A lot of emergency management then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, let's see, 14 years of it now. So, yeah, quite a bit of it. It's ironic you mentioned Air Force because uh, I uh, was a lousy student at Miners, and Jimmy knows that, even though him and me didn't go to the same classes because I'm so <laughs> much older than him. But I was just a rambling gay. I just enjoyed not going to, uh, going to school. I had to go because my stepfather would have killed me if I didn't. But I never really got into studying and uh uh, I come out of Miters with, I think, a 63 in general education, which was, you know, 65 is passing. And mm-hmm. and Jim can appreciate this. His sister's a teacher. But uh, they all got together in a teacher's conference room, and they were looking through the names, and they got the Webers, and they said, hmm, good night, Irene. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was working part-time, and my brother was in the Air Force. And I loved his uniform, mm-hmm. blue with a white cap, mm-hmm. sharp. 
And I said, you know, I might as well do my service work. And uh, I uh, went for the physical down in Syracuse, mm-hmm. five and a half hours, mm-hmm. long, long I physical. It. And you know this, when you go through the physical in Syracuse, you get a Marine, an Air Force, an Army, and a Navy. They all mm-hmm. conduct the interview, or they conduct the physical. And I remember doing the eye test, and I had had an eye accident when I was seven, and I got poked in the eye from a stick from about 30 feet away, and I lost about 94% of my right eye vision. I've had that condition since I was seven, so it's 66 years ago. And I remember the funny story about the Air Force, uh, the, the got to the eye exam, and they said, uh, close your right eye, read from the left, and I did that, read the whole board, said, okay, close your left, read from the right, and I couldn't see the board because I can't see out of my right eye. And the Marine went ballistic, thinking I was, you know, chickening out and trying not to get in. Well, there wasn't a draft then. I was enlisting. Mm-hmm. I tried to get in. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you can appreciate this since you were in the military, the Marine would not let up, thinking I was trying to get my way out. And the other service people were saying, he enlisted. You know, so <laughs> long story short, they said, the Marine started screaming, we're going to put you in an office, we're going to get you. In. Okay, when do I leave? And two days or three days before I was supposed to leave, they gave me the uh, whatever notice that is. They weren't going to take me, you know, when I had a vision issue going oh, yeah. in. So mm-hmm. I was, but I tried. I was going to be one of your fellow Air Force men. Surprisingly, they can be pretty picky. I mean, even, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you have a cavity, you're not going in. I mean, they're, they're, they're very picky. <laughs> well, I didn't make it, so, but it, my, it was my experience in trying to get in the Air Force. But I did try. Everybody says, did you do any service work? Well, yeah, I tried to get in. I gave it my best shot, but... Uh, it is what it is. So let's talk about the emergency management. Uh, how big is your staff? And exactly, give us a little overview of what that entails, if you could maybe do it. Okay, so the actual emergency management office is myself and a deputy director of emergency management. Then we have um, a part-time fire coordinator. Um, and then there's another side of emergency management that is actually 911. So I'm responsible for two departments. Um, in 911, we have a 911 operations manager, and then um, senior dispatchers and dispatchers. So it's about a staff of 20. We mm-hmm. do have a couple of openings, though, um, just on the dispatcher side. The emergency management side, uh, it's, a, it's a small staff for sure. Now, as you look at emergency management, um we talked about this before we went on the air. Melissa Taylor is my special guest today, the Director of Emergency Management for Seneca County. And uh, Jimmy just said to Melissa before I went on the air, don't tap the thing, and I just hit it with my watch. <laughs> uh, overview of what that entails. I know when you have a tornado, that's an emergency, or a hurricane, that's an emergency. We had a flood, you weren't here for that. That was really an emergency in the mm-hmm. southern end of the county. Can you encapsulate and give us an overview of, in your view, obviously you oversee this, what in your mind is considered or is an emergency? Sure. So I think as we spoke earlier, uh, there's there's several types of emergencies, right? An emergency could be uh, a family member that has a heart attack. That's an emergency to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but an emergency where I would get involved or my staff would get involved is where we start having um, a response that involves multiple agencies, multiple departments, um, often the, the state comes in to assist as well, um, and that's when we open up our emergency operations center. It's to coordinate uh, resources uh, during an emergency. Hmm. So that's, it's really just, it's about what's going on, and it's a determination that, you know, maybe I'm needed, maybe I'm not, and it's based on the level of response, typically, that we're seeing. Are you juggling more than, than one ball at a time? I assume you are, based on the need. 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we're initially in, in response mode uh, during an emergency. So uh, we need to get to that emergency operations center as quick as possible. Um, figure out who needs to be in that room with us uh, to to make decisions. You know, you want decision makers in there to determine next steps uh, to develop uh, incident action plan for maybe 24 hours out or 12 hours out or you know and we're trying to basically take this huge emergency and uh, minimize the effects of it hmm. minimize is the key yes yeah we're not going to make it a hundred percent better but you know even if you're making it one percent better that's the key you have to make it better you're making it better now you have a budget i'm assuming that you can or you're your group has a budget. Yes. You are tasked with the idea of spending money during a course of emergency. Is there any times where you ha you don't have the sufficient funds or are you covered basically to do what you think you need to do? Or do you have to go to the board level and say, hey, we have X and B and we don't have that kind of money or resources? How do you how do you handle sure. that? Sure. I mean, our, our budget is extremely limited. Uh, we basically run off of uh, grant funding, Homeland mm -hmm. Security grant funding. So it's extremely limited. So something like that, where we would need emergency funding, we don't actually have that money. So that it, that is, we would have to ask. Ask the state to help out or the uh, feds. Well, well, we would, you know, if it's if it's um, outside of our realm, if it's something that we can't handle, we immediately declare um, a local state of emergency. And then when we do that, we can now ask for resources from the state. Mm. So like when there's a major issue in the country, the president can declare a state of emergency for a that federal, particular yeah. federal. Yes, absolutely. And then federal aid can be given. Mm. Yep. So, and that's what's going on right now. So um, the, the president did declare uh, this recent flood, a uh, federal disaster, and because of that, we are able to get uh, federal disaster funds. So it's uh, public assistance. Um, unfortunately, individual assistance was not approved, so individual homeowners do not receive um, a funding assistance. However, uh, the public assistance is basically uh, reimbursement for um, things like th the response. I mean, that could be salaries, that mm -hmm. could be vehicles used, equipment used, um, any roads that need to be fixed, just different uh, buildings, government, pu public buildings, things like that. But as far as a home getting destroyed or getting worked badly or you know getting eroded based on the flood, right. they're basically dealing with their own insurance company if they had flood insurance. Absolutely. That's individual assistance, um, and that was not um, approved. It's typically only approved for really, really, really major disasters. And there's there's multiple things that, that FEMA looks at, like mm -hmm. such as, you know, did, did individuals have insurance? You know, how many people didn't have insurance? How many people are going to be are not going to come back from this or not going to come back to being whole after the disaster, like Hurricane Katrina. Mm. I told you I was actually a recipient of individual assistance for Hurricane Katrina because I lost everything I owned. And so, you know, a, a large disaster typically will um, involve individual assistance. Not bringing back, bringing up bad memories, but you mentioned Hurricane Katrina, you went through that. Um, what was that like? I mean, you know, we here in the Finger Lakes, you know, yeah. I remember when I was seven or eight years old or nine, I was my youngest of three boys, and I remember, I can't remember the name of the hurricane, but it was probably, I was, uh, it was in the 50s, I'm trying to think, I was probably nine or 10 or 11, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got the tail end of a hurricane in Seneca Falls, Seneca mm -hmm. County, 
and we were laying on a rug and had a rug over our heads, the three of us, three boys. Mm -hmm. And it was fearful because trees were coming down. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, some issues with the wiring and so forth. And that was kind of scary. And that was just the tail end of it. Right. So not to bring up bad memories, but uh, what was that like? You obviously knew it was coming, right? So you had gotten notice of it oh, yeah. arriving. And did yep. you have any anticipation of where it was going to end up coming Close to you or we mine? did we did so, so you got the word that look out yeah um, I think within about seventy two hours before it was going to hit um, it took a turn mm -hmm. for Biloxi um, New Orleans area so we knew about three days out that it, it was going to be a direct hit um, and my job as an emergency manager obviously is mission essential you don't leave during the emergency uh, so I. Um, stayed at my um in the emergency operations center during the disaster uh it was probably about 24 hours of uh hurricane force winds mm. um out of that 12 hours 125 mile an hour winds i mean you could literally hear the nails pulling out of the roof so mm. it was uh it was it was pretty crazy um and then afterwards i mean i think that's probably the worst part is just you know you're driving down a street and you don't even recognize where you are because that house is gone, that monument is gone, the gas station that was there, it's gone. So that's, I, I think, one of the toughest parts to come to terms with is that, you know, it's just total destruction. During CNN's coverage of a recent hurricane, it was pretty amazing since we knock on what had been fortunate here in the county. Mm -hmm. um, they were showing live video and, uh, like I say, water was just, you know, ridiculous. The winds were blowing 110, 115. And you're right, they filmed across the street, and there was this white house, greenhouse, and mm -hmm. blue house, and they kept filming it. All of a sudden, the blue house came apart, came up out of its foundation, mm -hmm. and started going down the road. Yeah. And they were no longer there. That oh, house yeah. was no longer there. That was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't believe it. And then after it settled down, they found the house way down. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing, and I, I, I don't think people who've never experienced that probably don't realize the trauma that you go through. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's how this was. You know, <coughs> Biloxi has casinos um, right. along the water there. And one of the casinos came on land and was about a half a mile down the road. Um, so, you know, you think about this enormous barge, huge. Um, and, it, yeah, it went across the road half a mile down. So it's it's pretty incredible, the you know, the force. But, you know, that. back to your team and all the people that you're associated with when you have to... Uh, put it in fast gear relative to an emergency that is deemed by your office, it has to give you some sort of uh, good feelings in your heart and your body relative to getting it done and getting to the best possible uh, recourse of getting things back to somewhat order. Not that it's going to be quick, because as you know, it doesn't happen overnight. No. But it's got to give you and your team <clears throat> at least a good feeling that you're doing the best you can under the circumstances absolutely and you know and that's the thing is that you know i think people need to understand sometimes people think that it's going to get 100 percent better or you know you know uh, emergency services are going to show up or and we're going to it's just it's all going to be better and, and it isn't you know and, and a lot of times it may never get back to 100 percent, but you know we just have to continually like i said make it better and make sure you know if things are staying the same or getting worse then we need to adjust what we're doing mm-hmm and time is of the essence, right? 
You got Abs- Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Time and, is definitely going to be awesome. And in your capacity and some of the people that uh, report to you and work with you, uh, they don't go home at five o'clock to eat dinner. They, no. you're, you're basically no. on, on to get it done. Yeah, you know? oh, definitely. You're putting yeah. hours in that you have to put yeah. in because of what you people do, and you do a great thing. I know, and we and they know it. You know that they're, they're all amazing, and they know it. And and they, you know, what people don't understand sometimes is that these people they miss out on a lot of important things like Christmas dinner with their families or you know birthdays, and, and they're there day in and day out doing this job even when there isn't an emergency because my 911 dispatchers like everything's an emergency right i mean they're they're constantly being called and so they have to be there 24 7. and so they they do they they give up a lot to do this job that they love and i might add let's take our commercial break we're leading up to a commercial break melissa taylor is my guest we're going to come back and talk about her goals her team's goals for 2019 also we're going to touch on an important center and that is the 911 center that she oversees as well this is weber this week we'll be back Del Lago Resort and Casino has something for everyone. 2,000 slot machines, 99 gaming tables, The Vine featuring top national music and comedy acts, The Dining Options, The Great Portico by Fabio Viviani, The Farmer's Market Buffet, The Social Cafe and Bar, and the 14,000 square foot European style spa. Del Lago offers massages, body treatments, and facials, plus a full service salon. Visit DelLagoResort.com for more information. Cayuga Lake National Bank, offices in Union Springs and Aurora, a fine sponsor of mine for over 35 years. Great staffing at Cayuga Lake National Bank. Check them out. DA's Liquor on Bridge Street in Seneca Falls. Amy Padula and her team will find the right spirit for you every time. When you stop in, tell Amy the dog sent you. By the way, the Padula family has been a sponsor of mine for 33 years. Bostrom Farms is a butcher shop focused on providing fresh local meat to the Finger Lakes region. The retail store is located on Routes 5 and 20 in Stanley. They offer a full range of pork, beef, and chicken products that you can feel real good about. Buying food for your family should be fun. At Bostrom Farms, we put the fun and trust back into buying meat. The McGee Diner, located off New York State Thruway Exit 41. The McGee Diner has earned their reputation as a popular family restaurant, serving country-fresh home-cooked meals daily. Stop in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and check out their menu at McGeeDiner.com. And I thank Gary and Kathy Schlegel for their fine support of Weber This Week. Seneca Metals is an award-winning company that has earned a reputation of going above and beyond to protect the environment and support their community. As an EPA inspector once said, their operation is head and shoulders above the rest. The Child Advocacy Center of the Finger Lakes is a child-friendly location where allegations of physical or sexual abuse are responded to by a multidisciplinary team of professionals. The team works together to conduct a thorough investigation and to provide necessary support services to children and their non-offending caregivers with a goal of minimizing further trauma to a child. 
The Newark Pilots are the perfect game collegiate baseball league. A minor league team with a major league ballpark. Season ticket packages available at NewarkPilots.com. The Omen Theater on William Street in Lyons. See what's playing this week at TheOmenTheater.com. A fine sponsor of Weber This Week. The Wilson Press in Seneca Falls. My good pal Rich Ricky and his team can handle all of your printing and mailing needs. Visit them online at WPress.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's a dog along with my guest today, Melissa Taylor, the Director of Emergency Management for Seneca County. And we're thrilled that she's in the studio today. Before I get back to Melissa, a couple of things to update you on. Uh, Boston Farms, of course, has been a brand new sponsor of my show starting in January. We're great to have Jill and uh, Kevin on as sponsors. They're out in Stanley, New York. Now, it's easy to get to, folks. You go through Geneva, and you'll see the landfill if you get through Geneva on the left-hand side. A little further down on the right-hand side, they're tucked back a little bit right before the Stanley sign. It's called Bostrom Farms. Phenomenal meat, so check them out. And the reason I bring that up is um, Jill and Kevin always do something kind of neat. They like to give away some of their great meats, and they're going to do it for Valentine's Day. So it looked like a 13 to a 15-inch uh, hmm, beautiful piece of meat, ribeye. That's on their Facebook page. That's Bostrom Farms. That's B-O-S-T-R-O-M, Bostrom Farms. Click on that, and you're going to see like a beautiful picture of a ribeye steak. Go in and like it and make a comment on it, and tomorrow, the 12th of February, tomorrow, they will pick a winner free for your Valentine's. The only catch is you got to go pick it up. No big deal, right? If Melissa offered me a 16 and ounce steak, I would probably go and pick it up, but just kidding. I'm serious, <laughs> folks. It's a great deal, so check it out, Bostrom Farms, and they got a deal going that they're going to be giving away a nice 13 to 15-inch steak. It's really looking good on camera. I checked it out this morning, so go in and like it, make a comment, and you may be chosen, and if you are, go pick it up. All right. Back to Melissa Taylor. At the end of the show, we'll run down our upcoming guests as well. Melissa, let's talk about uh, some of the goals. Um, uh, short terminology in your in your mind relative to as you look at this year we are now in uh, beginning of february what's uh, the overall goal scheme that you have in mind that you're planning on so although i wasn't here for the flood um from what i've heard seen uh, a big takeaway is that we need to focus on uh, training and exercises in the county you know we don't have a lot of disasters here right so uh people don't necessarily know how to function in an emergency environment. Mm. You know, while I train in that environment, I feel sometimes like I live in that environment or at least I'm comfortable in that environment. A lot of people are not comfortable operating uh, during an emergency. Um, and so I think that's gonna be one major goal is to train and exercise uh, our our partners. And you know, those are primarily department heads because um, law, fire, EMS, they, they do a lot of exercises and, and training in that environment. But that'll be a focus. Um, another focus is updating our plans. We have a comprehensive emergency management plan. Um, it entails basically, you know, all emergencies with tons of annexes, and it needs, um, it's in desperate need of updating. What ends up happening is we have, you know, an office of two, right? So it typically plans kind of go to the wayside because you're just busy with other things. And sometimes you feel like you're constantly putting out fires. Um, 
And so that's going to be a big focus is to, you know, get these, um, get these plans updated, even if it's just, you know, a step-by-step approach and we have to, you know, move slowly on it. And moving slowly is still moving, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's going to be our, our goals for this year. Sounds like a very energetic goal and it's uh, one that I'm sure you'll achieve based on your time schedules, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's switch over and talk about, uh, we've got about seven, eight minutes left in our program. Talk about 911. It's always fascinated me. I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, how the 911 folks, whether it be in Seneca County or in uh, Arkansas or Nebraska, they're all set up to aid uh, situations that require immediately immediate help. Mm-hmm. Um, there are all types of help that 911 operators can give. Uh, could you give us an overview basically about, do you have like a statistic as far as how many calls we normally get in Seneca County on a monthly basis? Is there such data? I'm sure there must be data. I mean, it, does it kind of vary up and down? It does. It varies greatly. I mean, based on, you know, things like holidays, sure. maybe, you know, you pick up a, a lot more um, for Memorial Day or New Year's. I mean, but it, it's typically several thousand. Yeah. Hmm. So. Um, and how many on 911 operators do we have in Seneca County? We have 17. 17. We do. Yep, 17. But we have um, a couple of openings. So we just had a civil service exam on January 19th, I believe it was. Uh, So hopefully we'll get a good list from that and we can hire a few more on because, you know, when when we're short staff, obviously it means that my staff are having to work overtime. And while some people like that for the extra money, they're oftentimes working much more overtime than they want to. So it's good to fill them in. I got a thing too, Melissa, not putting words in your mouth, but you got to get a special individual to do that job. Somebody that's sensitive and understanding and uh, has the right attitude, I would assume, to be totally involved in this process because Mm -hmm. I'm sure they get some scary calls and you got to be a certain makeup to handle that. You do. I mean, our retention rate is not great. I'll be honest. You know, it's it's hard to get them in there and keep them in there. And especially the training is very rigorous. I mean, it can take a year to train a dispatcher to, to do their job because some counties, they just train them to maybe do law or just fire an EMS or to just be a call taker. But our dispatchers do everything. And so because we don't have enough staff to say, okay, you're just you're just law you know we don't have enough staff to do that because what if that law dispatcher calls in today now we don't have anyone that can do law so they do everything and because our staff also is so limited our supervisors also do um the call taking and they they do dispatching as well so Hmm. so it keeps them pretty busy you know and and surrounding counties their supervisors just supervise so we we have that unique um unfortunate thing where we, we, we don't have the staff to have just supervisors so that's that's how we have to do and it. and i'm sure you want to remind everybody that uh, not that you i'm sure you get some crank calls that go in there i'm sure that happens uh, um to make a 911 call it has to be for a purpose a reason to get in there for an emergency situation not to just call up and chat and you know to make a you know a stupid call i'm sure you may get a few of those once in a while people that dial that number oh and, yeah but Kid, unfortunately kids. unfortunately for them uh you have you have a tracking mechanism to find out who called in we do <laughs> and we that's do. the bad news yes. for somebody i'm just thinking about that because you know not to say that you know people set out to call 911 just for laughs but you know there's always somebody or something that happens that they think it's a big joke well it's not a joke mm-hmm. your, your your staff is there to handle 911 calls to deal with 
a possible or potential emergency situation. And like you say, could be home, you know, business, mm -hmm. whatever. You know, and, and I think it's got to be tough. So I admire anybody who reports, uh, who works for Seneca County, and I'll say it right now on my show, that I admire anybody who does that work because mm -hmm. you got to be a special breed, a special individual. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're sitting there, and you know, and you don't know what's, what's going to be on the other end of that. And, you know, we've, uh, we've had dispatchers who have actually taken emergency calls for their own family members, you know, in car accidents and things like that. So, That's really you know, tough. and children, that, that those are very difficult calls. So mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, if you have a call for a, a child the same age as your own child or things like that, you know, they can have some really, really difficult calls. You just never know what's on the other end of that line. No, you don't. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing to me that, uh, you know, people are, you never know, people like, I, I've, not, I've always thought in my mind that, you know, nurses don't get enough credit. You know, the mm -hmm. work they do, the mm -hmm. the home help, people that go to the homes and help, mm -hmm. you know, help out old elderly people, et cetera, et cetera. And the 911s, in my mind, is, in, is vastly important because, my God, you're right, they get some tremendously very painful stories that they got to deal with. And, it uh, is. And, you know, it's one of the most thankless jobs because... They're not, no, no one's saying thank you afterwards, right? And I can't say no one because people do, we actually do get letters. Mm -hmm. um, like law enforcement, fire and EMS, they say thank you. They're, they're wonderful to, to my staff. So, you know, but as far as actually seeing people face to face, they, you know, they don't get that time. So they're, they're in there and uh, they do their job and sometimes they don't even know the outcome of what well, happens. Well, from myself, the host of this show, along with Jimmy and all of us at Finger Lakes One, uh, kudos to everybody in that. And not only just the 911 center, the emergency management system, everybody working for Seneca County, we all are, so both myself live here, and we appreciate all the effort you and your team do. So thanks again for coming in. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll get you thanks back. Thanks for having me. We love. By the way, folks, before we roll out of here, a uh, couple things regarding uh, Seneca Metals. They always have these wonderful events. They got one coming up this coming week. Yeah, it's tomorrow, as a matter of fact. It's Tuesday the 12th, 630 to 730. Seneca, Medio, Seneca Metals Educational Center, 1977 State Route 414 in Seneca Falls. You know, February is a tough time of the year for songbirds. Show them some love by making birdseed hearts and hang them with us at their wetlands preserve or at your home. The cost is free, and it's a family type. So that's tomorrow night, 6.30 to 7.30. Uh, before we sign off, an upcoming guest schedule. I want to run through this quickly. Uh, coming up next week, we have Jennifer Venuti, a good friend of mine. Her and uh, many other people are involved with the Middle Finger 5K to fight that dreaded disease of uh, brain cancer, which, by the way, is personally to myself and my wife and my daughter. Um, we lost my son-in-law several years ago, Matt Foe, with brain cancer. Uh, they do a wonderful job putting a phenomenal event on. Jennifer will be my guest next week. She'll send some pictures, and we'll be able to try to pump this up. Not that they need a lot of help from me to get a big crowd because they usually do get a big crowd for that event, but that'll be next week. Then on the 25th, we're expecting to get a couple, some wrestlers in from Minders Academy who've had a great year. We'll get more details on that. We have that circled around for the 25th. We want to thank, uh, uh, hopefully get them in and talk about their successful year. And then on March 4th, we've got an open date. We had a cancellation. We're trying to get back John Lamana, who was here a few months ago, did a great job singing a couple of tunes. We got our fingers crossed that he can make that date. On the 11th of March, Sal and Kimberly Franzone will be on, will be in to do the show. They are, of course, the owners of uh, 
Hey, Chichinos, Waterloo, Geneva, and of course out of Del Lago Resort and Casino. On the 18th of March, we're bringing in the Vice President of Information Technology at Del Lago. A lot of people want to know what makes that place tick. Well, since I work there part-time, I've been trying to bring in some of their executives, the different disciplines they're involved in. Tara Gregory, young lady, very sharp, VP of IT, will be our guest on the 18th of March. And then on the 25th, we're hoping to get SMI, Seneca Metals, in with Mark Benjamin, Kyle Black, and they're trying to bring in an expert from their wetlands. So that hopefully will take place as well. So, Melissa, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having you me. You have a great day. And speaking for Melissa Taylor, along with my producer owner, Jim Senecrobe, this is the dog bidding you farewell, folks. Have a great week. <laughs>